Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me again on the line this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter's the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer. And after many weeks of waiting, Peter, some good news. Rugby League is finally back. <laughs> yeah, it's been, what, 20, 20 weeks? Yes. Finally, finally, we've got some games. We've got away with it so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not as many games to look forward to as, as we thought we'd have. No. Um, starts on Sunday with a, a double header rather than a triple header. Toronto against Hawkeye having been called off, obviously because Toronto pulled out last week. But even so, I think Sunday's going to be a big day for the sport. Two, two big games, two intriguing games. Yes. Two things back off. Um, St. Helens against Catalans first up, and then the one that really matters, Leeds against Huddersfield at 6.30 at Headingley. It's uh, officially a Huddersfield home game, but um, Leeds are staging matches as a neutral venue, so... Um, so they get to play at home, although they'll be in the away kit and the away dressing room. But um, it'll be interesting to see if that gives them any sort of advantage. I tend to think it probably won't won't much with no crowd there, but um, they'll, they'll be familiar with the, circum- the surroundings. And they have managed to train on the pitch a couple of times, so that might give them a, a slight edge. Yeah. But that's a really intriguing, um, intriguing game for a number of reasons. Both teams started the season pretty well. If you remember that far back, back to uh, to February and March, um, Leeds were third after that big win over Toronto in their last game before the shutdown. Unfortunately, from their point of view, they've lost two points because all Toronto's results have been expunged. Um, and they've also lost the, the big points advantage it gave them. Um, so because of that, Huddersfield have actually gone above them on the table. Right. So that that makes it quite a, an interesting encounter. And, and then there's the, the sideshow of Ashton Golding, who's set to make his Huddersfield debut against his former club Leeds, and Cruz Leeming, who could make his Leeds debut against his former club Huddersfield. Both um, moved last autumn, but got an injury in pre-season, haven't played since. They've both had a chance to recover because of the long layoff and um, both coaches say that they're in contention for this week. Simon Wolford was chatting to him earlier, the Huddersfield coach, and he, and he says it's highly likely that Golding will play. Um, Richard Agar, the Leeds boss, was a little bit more circumspect, but um, he says Leeming will be in and around the, the 19-man squad. Um, so that's, that's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how they get on, so I think it's it's nicely poised for a very very good game. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, as we've said many times, to finally have something to talk about, actually on the field or hopefully happening on the field, and mm. a, a good Yorkshire derby uh, to start off with. As you say, both teams impressed me before the lockdown. Um, both had some decent form. I think Huddersfield had that shock defeat in the Challenge Cup uh, to Toronto, but. In the league, they were going well, and Leeds were certainly going well, and that's a blow to them, no doubt, that they've lost all the points advantage of the big win over Toronto. Um, but I'm sure they'll probably make that back up in the weeks ahead. And that intriguing head-to-head as well. Uh, two players, really. That I know Golding spent his last season at Leeds largely on loan at Featherston, didn't he? But I'm still quite surprised that 
Leeds let him go, but I suppose he wanted to play at fullback, and that was Jack Walker's spot. And uh, Kuzlimi, again, a hooker of great potential, and just been reading your piece for tomorrow's Yorkshire Post about him and Simon Wolford saying that Lehman was eager to play 80-minute games and he, he couldn't offer him that, so he moved just down the M62 there. So that's a, certainly a good subplot to the game. Um, off the field, obviously, I'd be interested to see how things work, how the TV coverage goes, fascinates me. Um, I think we've spoken a few times about how the NRL have put crowd noise on and done it brilliantly uh, to create an atmosphere. And certainly I've watched quite a lot of the football. And, it, you know, again, we've mentioned over the last few weeks, it is quite easy to forget there's nobody there once they get that kind of buzz and hum and cheering going. And obviously it becomes more obvious as the camera pans out. But I think with the rugby league coverage as well, they'll be going in tight a lot for tackles and uh, close-ups on tries in the corner and so on. And it, I don't think you maybe notice the crowd missing as much, particularly, uh, you know. But again, all things to to look forward to and see. The main thing, of course, being the game is back, and let's hope it can, you know, play out to a climax as football has done. Um, you know, hopefully, not just for sport but for society in general. The last thing we want is for this horrible virus to return. And um, let's hope that, you know, these four teams on Sunday can put on a good show and we can take it from there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. The big thing is that, that the game's back and hopefully we'll get a full season in. Right, it's not a full season as it's reduced to 20 rounds now, down from 29, but like you say, that it, it gets played to a conclusion. I mean, we're, obviously we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months, but... All we can focus on really is this weekend and, and rugby coming back. And as I say, two, two exciting games to um, to get us started. It's, it's interesting with Leeds having the home advantage, so-called. I'm fascinated to see whether that is going to have any, any bearing. I've always thought all along that without a crowd, it, it doesn't really make any difference where you're playing. Um, and I don't think Huddersfield will be too upset on the prospect of, of going to Headingley. They like playing there, and their away record this season is excellent. Yeah. I think they've won every away game, including a victory at St Helens, and the two defeats, Toronto in the Cup and Wigan, were both at their own stadium. So I, I don't think there's, there's going to be any excuses from, from Huddersfield or from Leeds. It's just going to be which team comes off the uh, the long break the better both coaches say the players look in good shape look look fit look sharp the skills have been good in training Leeds started poorly after a similar layoff up to February um, the, the scheduled pre-season they, they were in good spirits and looking good in, in pre-season and then came to the first game against Hull at home exactly six months before um, for this weekend's game and they fell flat it was a very poor performance from them they'll obviously want to avoid that this time I would imagine they've talked about that internally they're saying that whatever happens on Sunday isn't going to determine how the, the whole season goes but with it being a shorter campaign both teams are going to want to get off to a good start Leeds will have to 
have to hit the ground running this time, which they didn't do back in February. And I'm just interested to see whether they'll have lost any of the momentum that they'd built up by um, by the middle of March when they, they last played. They were in good form, four wins. They were scoring points for fun, weren't conceding many. It would just be really interesting to see whether they can get straight back to that or whether some players who were, were out of form can get into form or some players who are in form have, have lost it. So I think it's very hard to, to say what's what's going to happen. There's no obviously no form line after all this this time. It's just going to come down to the day and, and perhaps which team ad- adapts the best to the new rules which we've got in place for the for the first time. Things like the six to go rule. I know clubs have been working with referees to find out what the referees expect from them, and I just hope that we're not going to have too much, um, too many restarts of, of tackle sets. It's You sometimes get that when a new law comes in, it gets used too much, and I hope that isn't going to be the case, but it seems like the referee department has taken a sensible approach to it, and, and let's just hope they can keep the game moving um, and the new rules work. Yeah, uh, a cynic might say that Huddersfield don't bring too many away anyway, do they? And, uh, so they might be used to not playing with much part behind them, but I think... That's an absolutely terrible thing to say, <laughs> Rich. And um, I think, what's your what's your twist handle that, Richard Byron, if anyone wants to complain? I remember I made a, a throwaway remark about um, Huddersfield support a I'm few years ago when I was answering, answering abuse on Twitter for weeks. So um, don't tweet me, people. Tweet <laughs> Richard, thank you. <laughs> well... Let's say anyway that there'll be no fans in on Sunday. And one thing we have seen is that uh, in other sports, sometimes the away team has done better um, for that reason. You know that the the bigger clubs with the bigger crowds who uh, put more pressure on the referees and uh, get behind the teams more have uh, you know haven't got that advantage at the moment. So that will be interesting, certainly. And as you say, the rule changes too, and. Um, just you know, some of the teams that came back, say in the football, uh, didn't perform as well after such a long break. Uh, you know, some of them fell right out of contention or dropped down into the relegation zone, having looked safe when the games uh, was suspended back in March. So it'd be interesting. You know, I think certainly those who get the early wins in will probably go on and prosper later in the season. Those you know may some may take the time to find their feet and come good later. But with it being a short season, it's imperative, I think, this time to get as many points in the bank as quickly as possible. Um, particularly, uh, the subject we'll probably come on to in a couple of minutes with the Challenge Cup running alongside as well. Although that looks like it'll be a shortened competition now too. So maybe if we could just go on to that, uh, Peter, with the Challenge mm-hmm. Cup um, news today that basically the non-Super League sides have dropped out of this year's competition uh, for a number of different reasons, uh, including the cost of actually playing the games and the fact that their league competition isn't coming back, uh, which gives them very little scope for practice uh, between rounds and so on. Um, I think York were one of the first teams to say, weren't they, in Sheffield Eagles, they both said they wouldn't come back and then it pretty much folded from there. And now there'll be a redraw, which 
a bit of a surprise to me. You know, I thought maybe the teams that have already been drawn out would get buys. Uh, you can imagine a team such as my own Wakefield, who were due to play Featherstone, might not be as <laughs> might not be as chuffed if they get yeah. St Helens away in the redraw, shall we say? Um, yeah. So again, yeah. something that will, will probably cause a stink a bit further down the line when the new draws made. But I don't, I don't really see what else they can do. Um, you know, if if there's so few teams, I suppose uh, if there's an odd number, a couple may get a buy. Um, but I suppose that's probably the fairest thing: start again from scratch and do a redraw and see where it takes us. Yeah, I think it it probably is. I mean, the the obvious solution would be just just to scrap the challenge cup for this year but that's not going to happen obviously because because of the sponsors and the tv coverage rugby league can't afford for that to happen so they've got to find some way of making it work i think the redraw is probably as, as good a way as any as you say it will be frustrating for um for teams who are drawn out first. What's happening is that there are going to be two sixth round ties next month played um, back-to-back at Huddersfield, both broadcast by the BBC. And the other teams, the other six teams who are not involved in those two ties will get a bye through to the quarterfinals. So the teams that, that are drawn out and have to play the extra game aren't, aren't going to be happy about it obviously but it's it's just one of those things isn't it it's the look of the draw teams will have to get um have to get on with it um feel a bit for castleford who, who always seem to draw st helens in the challenge cup and have managed to avoid them this year they they drew york and and now we're gonna have a redraw so I, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm expecting cast to um cast to draw saints in one of the six round uh, six round ties and obviously, if, if they do, they'll feel a little bit aggrieved, as as you said, as will will Wakefield. But it's it's one of those situations where there's no perfect answer. I think the RFL have made the best out of it that they can, um, and and it's just a case of, of cracking on with it now. Don't blame the the lower division teams for not taking part at all. It was just cost them too much money. They'd have had to come off the furlough scheme. They'd have had to have players back in training. And with the games being played in August, they'd be coming off a five-month layoff against a Super League team who played one or two matches already. So it, it just wasn't realistic no. for them, I think, on a player welfare basis as well as financially. Um, so this is probably the best of a bad job, really. But it's it's going to be one of those competitions with an asterisk next to it in the uh, in the record books, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, I'd agree with all of that, Peter. Yeah, that uh, desperate times need desperate things, as they say, and and this year's Challenge Cup is no different. Uh, just going to have to try and fulfil the fixtures the best they can, and you know, obviously, hope that teams are able to field strong teams right through to the final, and keep up the integrity of the competition as well. And um, as you say, the, probably the best of a bad set of solutions really that you know get back to an even number of teams in the draw and then try and play it through to a conclusion and see whether that's at Wembley or the Tottenham Hotspurs new ground was another one mentioned as a possible venue for the final 
later in the autumn. But still a, a, a cup to win and, you know, the fans of whichever team and players and so on get to the final. And again, we'll talk about that nearer the time, I'm sure. But, you know, it's still a competition people want to win and uh, still a great Philip, even with the asterisk next to the name. Yeah, well, some clubs that haven't been haven't been to the final for a while or haven't won it for a while, your Wakefield, Salfords, um, Castleford haven't won it. Obviously, they've, they've been in the final relatively recently, but not won it. If if you avoid the sixth round, you get a buy-in straight through to the quarterfinals. You only need to win two games to get to Wembley, so that's quite quite an incentive. And as, as you say, the Challenge Cup is worth winning. So yeah. I think one or two coaches who who maybe don't fancy their chances of getting into the top four in Super League might be thinking, well, we're going to have a real crack at the Challenge Cup, obviously, depending on depending on the draw. It could well be that all the ties are played on, on neutral ground. We know that the two six-round ties will be, but um, that, again, increases teams' chances. You're not going to have to worry about going to, going to Wigan to play in a in a big challenge cup tie, so I think I think the competition this year could could be quite interesting. It might throw up a different a couple of different finalists and a different winner, which which would be refreshing. Yes, definitely. Think, um, let's just hope we can we can have fans in for the final because I think the challenge cup final. It's obviously it's the FA Cup final this weekend, isn't it? Without out a crowd, and that's going to be strange. I think. The Challenge Cup final without fans would be would be very um, very weird. And let's hope we can we can get some supporters in the stadium in October when when the final's played. Yes, yeah, certainly, and I think it'd be a good boost for the game to have even in these circumstances to have a different name on the cup or a couple of different finalists, and uh, you know a, a traditional name as well. Like if, say, for an example, a Wakefield. Or a Castleford, you know, haven't won it for a while, bring some good publicity to the sport and to the respective towns as well, and, and, and a boost for the people. Not just those two clubs, but you know, any away really from the the big four or whatever you know you want to call Warrington, uh, Leeds, Wakefield, uh, so excuse me, Wigan and Saints. Uh, you know, it'd be it'd be nice to see. And again, you know, hopefully by that stage, even if it's a reduced crowd, there could be some kind of crowd at either end of the of the ground or along the sides. I'm sure they'll be worked out how to distance people a bit better by then as well. And just going on from that for a moment, Peter, I was just thinking, I wonder where that will leave the Rugby League's autumn tournament if these teams aren't now going to play in the Challenge Cup. Will they think it's worth their while reforming in the autumn for a few weeks I know you mentioned last week there was a fairly well a substantial pot of money at the end of it for the winners of the tournament for the championship clubs. But uh, will they think now that is it worth it? You know, if I, if we're going to lose in the first round or whatever, I don't know. Just thinking out loud, really. You know, if 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 there's any possibility that that would continue, or uh, do you think well, clubs will call it a draw completely for this year? The teams that have have said they won't be playing in the Challenge Cup have also, as far as I understand it, said they won't play in the the autumn tournament. Certainly York are in that boat and so are, so are Sheffield. They've said right. they won't play in the autumn. I think Featherstone, who were still in the Challenge Cup, are, are keen to play in it. 
Um, Halifax have said they won't. I think Rochdale have turned it down. Hunslet don't want to play in it. So it's it, it, it's not ideal, is it? It's a very no. difficult decision for the for the clubs and for the for the coaches and, and for everybody concerned. Really, I know coaches will be thinking, well, November is when we want to be starting pre-season training, so we'd probably rather do that than play a, a tournament like this. But there is a financial incentive. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure how it's how it's going to work. The rugby league are obviously going to need. I think they're hoping for 16 teams, which is more or less half the low division sides. I don't know if they'll get that, but. Um, for for teams who don't have a great deal of money, I mean the financial incentive might make it worthwhile. But but the negative side of that is obviously the costs of of staging games and and bringing players off and staff off furlough and that sort of thing. Whether that'll outweigh the cost, um, whether the cost of it will outweigh the possible financial return. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Certainly, the clubs I've spoken to, teams like Hunslet, think that just financially, it's just not, it's just not worth it. Yes. Um, which is a shame, but totally understandable. Yeah. Um, again, it gets you thinking about you know the the money that's been put forward, perhaps could have been used to help Toronto, and I suppose we can just keep going on, on and on in circles. This is one of the problems this year, isn't it? With everything, things that said one week and then it all changes the next week and then other arrangements are made and then it still doesn't prove suitable for some parties and so we have to have a cobbled challenge cup or whatever or a, an autumn tournament or maybe in the end the money that they've set aside for the tournament might just be divided equally among the teams in the lower divisions just to help them out a bit or give them a bit back for the new season but uh, more uncertainty again um Hope that there'll be some kind of solution found soon. And just finally this week, Peter, a couple of players on the move. Um, Mitch Garbett, the former Leeds Rhinos grand final winner, is leaving Hull Car to go to France to Toulouse. And Tony Gijo, a, a good signing for Wakefield, uh, yeah. former Catalans player. Wakefield fans were delighted when that news came through. Yeah, quite a trek for um, Garbutt to go to, to lose, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, but uh, he's been unlucky, Mitch, with injuries. Um, had a knee problems, which I think is the reason Leeds released him. Um, he, still had, he still had time left on his contract. I think that's that's one of the reasons he's not played as many games as he would have um, would have liked at Hull KR, but when fit, he's um, an excellent go-forward front rower and he'll be fantastic for Toulouse in the Championship. I think that's a really good signing for them and it shows their ambition. Um, they're keen to get promotion to Super League and, and if they're going to make signings of that quality, then you know they've, they've got every chance. Yes. Um, Dijo, good player. Um, obviously, Challenge Cup final, Lansdorff Trophy um, trophy winner. Um, he was outstanding for um, Catalans. Things went a bit sour, obviously, and then he, he left and, and had a very short spell as a trialist at Toronto. But 
if um, if Chris Chester can get the best out of him, he'll be a good addition to um, to Wakefield's side. And he's the sort of player that that if he's on your side, you love, and if he's on the opposition, you hate. Yeah. And it's always good to have somebody like that in your your team, someone that'll wind the opposition up a little bit and get under people's skin. And um, he can certainly do that. I think he's I think he's a very smart signing. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to. Seeing both him and Liam Kay playing for Wakefield, a couple of good surprise signings really as well. The club obviously making it clear that these guys have come in, but it hasn't had any effect at all on the matters that have taken place regarding wage cuts and so on. They've spoken with the players, haven't they, and consulted with them and made it clear that these are signings they could make now that take that would have been done later on in the season uh, for the next two or three years. Well, I think that that's an interesting point you bring up. I mean, that some some coaches and chief executives and rugby managers are saying it it just isn't the right thing to do to make signings now when players have um, have taken pay cuts. But obviously, Wakefield have worked that through with their their squad, and that's that's obviously not not causing a problem, which is which is good. But I think um, I don't think we're going to see a, a great deal of movement between now and, and the end of the season just because coaches aren't going to want to, to risk causing any upset in the squad or um, or yes. anything like that. As you say, Wakefield, have, Wakefield could have made these signings anyway, apparently, so it's not going to cause, um, not going to cause any issues there. But I, I certainly think that the, at other clubs, when some, what some clubs were having problems over, over, players taking wage cuts it was because that while they were asking players to take wage cuts um, other signings were being made and, and you can understand why players wouldn't be particularly happy yeah, about definitely. that um, so but well done to Wakefield for the way they've they've handled it and, and as you say two good signings Liam Case got a lot of tries wherever he's been throughout his career he's um Actually, an ex-Wakefield player began his career. Actually, yeah, began <laughs> his career at Wakefield. I was at his last game for the club when, when um, last game of the season, Wakey beat Cass and he scored a hat trick, and he looked a real prospect then. And he's he's dropped down a level, obviously, since then. But he's scored tries wherever he's gone, and um, it'll give them some more competition in the outside backs. That's Will Gijo and. And they've got a, I think, cast of, uh, Wakey, sorry, have got, got a, a handy squad there. And they're probably one of the teams that I mentioned earlier who, who might just be fancy a little crack at the Challenge Cup. Um, they maybe think, well, we're not going to get realistically into top four in Super League. So let's put all our eggs in one basket, depending on the draw, obviously, and see if we can get to Wembley, which would be fantastic for, um, for the city if they could do that. Yes, definitely. I mean, something we've spoken about a few times on here and a few times personally, you know, I'd like nothing more than Wakefield to get to Wembley and, and win a trophy again for the, the fans who've stuck, particularly those who've stuck by them throughout, you know, the, the loyal core who've, who've always been there with them. You know, I think it'd be great. And as you say, this season with the unusual set of circumstances, if they can get a kind draw to start with, then then who knows, you know, they, they really may be able to go for it. On a wider scale, the whole transfer thing 
uh, I'm sure we'll come back to it in later weeks, but could be very intriguing this season. You know, it makes you wonder if some clubs will think, well, you know, a lot of the squad we, we'll just keep for next year almost, sign them on again because we haven't really had a season and we, we'd have we'd have kept X, Y, and Z anyway. So we'll we'll just sign them, sign them on again. It'd be very interesting to see how all that unfolds later on in the season. And of course, the restrictions with money and budgets and uh, the cuts in the TV money and everything that's to come and hit the spot prob- probably just as hard as it has done this season, really. Uh, but some, again, something we can talk about in the upcoming weeks. But for now, I think, Peter, that'll uh, do for this week. Uh, thanks, as usual, for all your comments and insight. As we say each week, you can get the latest rugby league news from Peter's Twitter feed at Peter Smith or YEP, or at my own at Richard Byron YEP, or at YEP Sports Desk as well, and our own website, the Yorkshire Evening Post.co.uk, for all the very latest rugby league news, sports news, and the latest on the coronavirus issue. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks to Peter, and we'll be back again soon.